Let's do a show. <laughs> it's time for the July 1st, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on National Postal Workers Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Yeah. Yeah. And, as always, Master Marijuana Extractor of the Year, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, know how, I know how hard Mahler worked to get that, that title. Yeah. He really did. <laughs> I, I give him credit. Really did. He, it, yeah, it was hard to get him to do anything during the day, but he really worked hard at that. Today, we'll be talking about ganja chicken. Oh, yeah. Well, waiting for the green man. <laughs> How to move to Canada from the U.S. Snake Island. You Is, hear that place? No. Yeah, Snake Island, and so on. But first, yes. Let's see here. What what happened? In the news. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's forgetting, but uh, Katanji Brown Jackson yes. was sworn in as the 116th Justice of the Supreme Court, making history as the first black woman to serve on the highest court of the nation. Yeah. I like her a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. She really, and uh, the grace under fire, which she demonstrated during the hearings, was very good. Excellent. Yeah. It was excellent. She did a, yeah. a wonderful job of deflecting the, some of the most ludicrous and uh, obnoxious charges against her. And she's got a great legal mind, yes. as opposed to many of the conservative members on the Supreme Court. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think she will, will hold to the law. I think she's yeah, she, a good interpreter of the law. Yes. And I think she pays attention to, to legal matters yeah. rather than just politics. Yeah, I think she actually was awake during law school. Yeah. Didn't buy her way into it, didn't buy her way through it, and also, yeah, actually cares about the law and cares about, uh, let's say, something like following uh, established law and yeah. making new law. For everyone. For everyone. For the citizens of the United yes, States. that's right. A howl out for Katanji Brown-Jackson. <coughs> wow. Oh, wow. That's, hey, that hey, right there. That, Molly got a little something caught in his throat. He, was he did. So well, he was that. the marijuana extractor of the year. And <laughs> I think that's part of it. So what are you going to do on the 4th of July? Are you going to celebrate this? I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to walk around the beach for a couple You're of hours. You're going to walk around the well, beach. Well, <laughs> around the beach, up and down, <laughs> north and south or east and west, whatever yeah. the configuration of that shoreline is. I will be doing that. Yes. I don't know if it's possible to walk around <laughs> the beach. That's true. Yeah. It would be tough. It yeah. really would be. You would, well, if you could walk around walk. the beach, yeah. that'd be news. Yeah. Yeah. Because the beach, <laughs> yeah. it goes on for a very long it time. It does. And, you're out, and if you're yeah. walking across the water, I mean, that's another story. But. Do you like fireworks? Are you do anything? Nope. No. Not a, I mean, you know, for about a minute. It's great for a minute or two. And then yeah. after that, I just know. Uh, you know, I mean, there's some excitement in seeing a bunch yeah. of stuff. I was going to say something else. Stuff blowing up in the air. Well, I hate them. You hate them. I, yeah. Okay. I, I think I recall we may have brushed up against this subject before. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, exa- exactly why. Just the noise, the obnoxiousness, the, all that stuff. Top 10 reasons I hate fireworks. All right. Here we yeah. go. Here we yeah. go. Let's get this going. 
They contaminate water. Yes, they do. And we're serious about this. There's perchlorates in the water. Perchlorates in the water yeah. is what I want yeah. to say that, right? Yeah. Okay. That can disrupt your thyroid's ability to produce hormones needed for normal growth and development. Okay. That's right off the bat. That's a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. And they do it out over the water, too. I know they do. How out over the ocean. Right, I know. You're right. Fireworks pollute the air, too. Yes, they do. As if you didn't know that yeah. with particulates. Yes. It's like smog, all the dirt, all the crap up there. In a very concentrated amount of time over a very small area yeah. is when it hap- where if you happen to be in the blast zone, yes. But it still it goes everywhere. Yeah, it does. And over a uh, 24-hour average, uh, average of particulates, it goes by almost 50% more than on an average day yeah. if it's the 4th sure, it's of bad. July. The number eight reason. Yeah. Yes. I hate fireworks. They spread heavy metals. Okay. Heavy metals. And you could smell that. When so you're... it gives them the color. Yeah. But it's lead and copper oh my God. and arsenic compounds, oh too, in there. Okay. What's to like about these no, things? No, no, you're right. They release CO2 and ozone. Right. That's number seven. Yeah. Number six, they're a distraction to drivers. And I know people don't think about this, but Disneyland blows them up right over the freeway. That's right. That's right. Everywhere you go, what's that? Boom. Yeah. Number five, they can lead to hearing loss. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they just can, just on the, on the home level and little firecrackers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather lost hearing in yeah. half his wow. head. Okay. Wow. In one ear. They're dangerous. They are dangerous. That's number four. They're just dangerous. People get their fingers blown off. That seems like the yeah. thing that always gets people's attention. Oh, my uncle lost a finger because of a firework. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. They seriously screw up animals. Yes, That's they the do. That's the thing that bothers me the most. Yes. Because we bring it on ourselves. But these poor creatures out yeah. there, things are exploding all around them. They have no Birds idea. have panic attacks at night that yeah. can cause mass deaths. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wild animals raising babies abandon their dens because they're frightened. Oh, my God. Fish and other animals perish after ingesting fireworks debris. Yeah, and bees become so disoriented that they don't go back to their hives. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not to mention my poor little doggy, Winnie, who just shivers because I don't know what happened yeah. in her past, you know, history. Well, where, where I... It's just the loud noise. Yeah, where I live, it's along the coast, and there it used to be much more wide open, open space of just a chaparral across the... Uh, yeah. up near the ocean there. Yeah. How many, you're right, to your point, how many little critters are running around in there yeah. that are completely freaked out because there's yeah. a fireworks. And not dis- to mention this guy. Yeah, and then Mahler. But there's one in Laguna, there's one in Costa Mesa, there's two or three in Newport Beach. That yeah. It's it's really loud and yeah. really obnoxious. Thank you. <sighs> number two. Yeah. They're stupid. They are stupid. And the number one reason I hate fireworks, they cause fires. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's right in the name. Stacey hadn't figured that out. It's part of the description. Uh, By the way, it also for me, and this is because apparently I hate America, I've been told. Who said that? Well, people. Let's leave it there. Um, It's probably only your father. Yeah, probably. Uh, And that is, it feeds into this kind of faux patriotism BS. It's sort of this people, people... read way too much into the into this activity and and the uh, it's not the fourth of july is no longer celebrated for what it actually was about it's just kind of a it's kind of a let's see how many hot dogs we can stuff down our fat face is what it's become fireworks fireworks red white blue yeah 
Boom. Exactly. Pickup trucks with people waving big flags, driving like up and down. Pickup, tr- pickup trucks are okay. I'll just. That's why you're anti-American. It's your thing about pickup trucks. Just yeah, calm yourself I, yeah, that's down. The, that, Don't you, get too stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've, identi- you've distilled it down to my reason for hating America. Yeah. Pickup trucks. You think you get high from eating too much chicken, Mike? Oh, wow. Uh, that's now, a, if you just sat there on, say, 4th of July, somebody brought a big bucket of bucket chicken. Bucket of Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Yeah, just, and just shoving it down. Just stuffing it in he my drove butthole. up in a pickup truck. Yeah, and a whole pickup truck yeah, was just, loaded with buckets, just barrels of of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, yeah. either it, it would either be uh, I ho- was high or nauseated. One of the two. Well, feel, what's the difference? It kind of feels the same way. Your head's sort of spinning. Yeah, not sure where you are. Yeah. You're saying things you wouldn't normally say. <laughs> uh, from the Thailand nation. Yeah, that's a magazine. Okay. A farm in Lampang, Thailand, is experimenting. They're doing some experiments over okay. there. Right. It's big news. Instead of feeding their free-range chickens feed with antibiotics, they're feeding their chickens cannabis. Oh. Yeah. The feed mixed with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Crushed cannabis is added to the chickens' feed in water, while medicines and antibiotics have been taken out of their diet, allowing the farm to sell their meat as organic poultry. For higher prices. Yeah. Are the chickens healthy? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, it's, right. it's, their health has been about the same. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Notice no difference, except they're not using antibiotics in mm-hmm. the food. Researchers from the Department of Animal and Aquatic Sciences at Chiang Mai University have been studying the experiment's results, which has been running since January of 2021. The product has been called ganja chicken. <laughs> well, I would, okay, the next question, I think you're going to answer it. Does it affect the actual well, you know, chemical reaction of the I assume meat? that it does. I would think it would. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're getting loaded like, no. you know. It's not like yeah. firing up a fatty no. and smoking the whole thing. No, you're just ordering more chicken. Yeah, he just ordered more chicken. <laughs> That's why I asked if you can get high from chicken. I'm kind of curious. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to find out because I don't eat chicken anymore. But yeah, there they you go. say it's uh, more tender and better tasting. Well, there you go. So mm-hmm. that's they just they keep eating it and eating it. Mm, this is good. It's really good. Tender. Mm. That's what they call it. I can't say the cannabis doesn't let the chickens get high, but they exhibit normal behavior. One of the researchers yeah. said. Yeah. So the chicken, that's what you're really concerned about. Are they getting high? Yeah. They don't know. Just slap on some tunes and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, who knows? Chickens, you know, they might just have a real groove going on anyway. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so, so they can't tell. Yeah, that's true. Uh-uh. Groovy. <laughs> if this news makes you hungry, may I recommend a donation to KUCI? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. You know, I was thinking the other day about octopus. Okay. And I want to say octopi when there are many of them. Yeah. 
What do you say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's a good question. Into a if crowd I, yeah, of if I was a, a, a bevy of octopuses. Yeah. Well, I feel awkward even saying that on the air, to be honest with you. But yeah, um, pusses is the problem. Yeah, that o- is octo. Uh, is octo not our thing. Yeah, yeah. But pusses. Yeah, just kind of. We're, I feel like we're veering into some territory that we we yeah. really shouldn't be. But um, uh, I. Do you I, say octopi uh, or octopuses? Can I first say that I respect octopuses? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I'm 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 thrilled they're in the world. Oh, me that too. they do what they yeah. do. Uh, and I once had a a very accomplished fisherman tell me that he thought that octopuses uh-huh. were incredibly intelligent. What the and he described this incident where one of them was he it brought up in the in the catch of the day or whatever it was yeah was on the deck of the of the boat and he was reading catch 22 <laughs> well yes he was he, wow. he had a copy a kind of a tattered copy in his uh, in his, uh, in his so couch repeated reading yeah it was a repeated thing he really liked it and um but what he, he said he can do that to he said he watched it figure out a way to get off the boat wow. he said he watched the intelligence of this mammal uh, get off the boat, and he, he says he was incredibly impressed. I don't know what I don't know what they're. You, get, you you run yourself into problems all the time. Yeah, I do. You you want well, to I wanted say to, more I wanted to describe it, to but say. fish. He was a, a fishes. So yes, and he he watched what it did and how it acted. Invertebrate. There, thank you. And he said, "There's no way those things aren't incredibly intelligent based on that particular incident." So I took it yeah. for what he said. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I've re- and also there was that documentary which, my um, won the Academy Award two years ago. Oh yeah, with the, that guy who, who fell won. in love with an octopus. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, now it's time for octopuses in the news, from Nature World News. An exceptional organism with an extremely complex brain and cognitive abilities makes the octopus very unique among invertebrates. So much so that it resembles vertebrates more than invertebrates in several aspects. It's smarter, for one. And now a recent study suggests that neural and cognitive complexity of these animals, octopuses, could originate from a molecular analogy with the human brain. I believe that. The study demonstrates the same transposons or jumping genes are active in the brains of two different species of octopus, common octopus, octopus vulgaris, and the Californian octopus, octopus bimaculoides. Jumping genes are DNA sequences that have the capacity to move from one chromosomal site to to another. Hmm. More than three million copies of transposons are accumulated in humans throughout the course of evolution and now compromise an estimated 45% 45 of the total DNA content of the human genome. And so octopuses have a little bit of that going on in there. Amazing. That's why they think that maybe they're so smart like we are. Well, listen, if we crawled out of the ocean onto land and figure out a way to get here in KUCI, right? You and I, yeah. You and I. If if our ancestors figured that out. Oh, I thought we did. Well, in some manner of speaking, we did. But the, the people that we left, the things that we left behind in the ocean who said, nah, you guys go ahead. Go on land, figure it out, and come back and tell us how it is. Right? There's there are beasts in the in the ocean that are very intelligent that we've identified our, yeah. by research. Uh-huh. So, so the octopus they crawled up on land and then they come back down and they tell the rest of the fishes what's going on. Yeah, maybe. That's so you know it's you know it's hot up there. There's a lot of smog and 
trap. You know, let's just stay here. I, I just saw one walking in, around the Costa Mesa <laughs> wow. the other day. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever walk around a lot? I well, in certain you know, parts in of the world, I, stuff, I, no, I no? hardly ever do. I, one of the very few times I've been out in the wild was a few days ago. Went over to the district. That was oh. that's as much as I venture out anymore. From MIT Technology Review for pedestrians, not octopi mm-hmm. or pusses, mm-hmm. for pedestrians. Just to get back to that octopus thing, too. Mm-hmm. Plural. They say octopuses is the preferred okay. plural. Although some people like you are squeamish about saying pusses, so they say pie, but it's not really correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For pedestrians, walking in a city can be a frenetic and stressful experience. There's big chunks of rolling metal on wheels everywhere. Yes, there are. But now Transport for London, the public body behind transport services in London, has tried to do something about this, recently experimenting with 18 pedestrian crossings around the city. Instead of waiting for the green man as a signal to cross the street, pedestrians now encounter a green man as the default setting when they approach crossings. Okay. Uh, The light changes to red only when the sensor detects an approaching vehicle. And apparently they picked right areas, not areas where cars are going by all Constantly, the time. Constantly, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, that would be uh, horrible. a bad deal. This pedestrian priority approach is the first in the UK. And after a trial of nine months, the data is encouraging. There's virtually no impact on traffic. And pedestrians save a total of 1.3 hours a day on the average. That's all the pedestrians sure, together. Sure. And are 13% more likely to comply with traffic signals. The uh, pedestrians themselves Excellent. don't get so frustrated. Yeah, they're, like, they're tapping their foot and yeah, pa- and they start pounding on that little button to get the s- signal to change. Right? Yeah. Ever done that? Have you got to? Well, a I sig- do it because I like to listen to. They have talking ones. You know? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, they have talking no, ones. They don't have. They one. wait. Yeah. Well, wait. Oh, oh really? Wait. Huh? And I just keep pressing the button. Wait. <laughs> wait. No, I'm I'm like wait. I'm like doing Morse code on one wait, wait, right wait. right down at the street there. Wait, wait. I'm doing you know. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm practicing my Morse code. Wait, wait. <laughs> Compliance can help people uh, keep people safe from a very real risk. Yes. On these uh, just going around crossing streets. Does it ever say hurry up? Hurry up. Instead, after you do wait. No, no, it's wait, and then you can cross the street. Hurry up. Yeah. About 868 pedestrians were killed or seriously injured in 2020 in London alone. Okay. It's a lot of people. They're trying to do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. I got to have talking traffic signals. I got to tell you, that was a big deal when I was working at Public Works. Pedestrian uh, deaths and injuries. They they made a, a thing out of it. They were doing mitigation measures where at the corners, the, the actual corners go out into the street further uh-huh. so that the distance between from one side of the street to the other was less. Uh-huh. And that, you know, so the cars had to slow down. I mean, they were otherwise going to end up on the sidewalk, you know, there was, or at least yeah. at risk. So there were things that you can do. Uh, and I, I, find, I find traffic mitigation, traffic management to be utterly fascinating if it's done well. I think it's one of those hidden gems in American intelligence. I don't know what you're talking about. Human intelligence. Yeah. The ability to, to essentially um, maneuver to the essentially the, the way to manage people the way they, when they drive around in cities. I think it's, it's an art to do it, to do it well. Not an art. 
Okay, it's not an art. It's, it's, a, it's an equation. It's a science. Yeah, Let's say science. It's a science. Say it's yeah. science. Yeah. A kind of science. Human science. We've been talking about aridification here in California a lot. Mm-hmm. And now unprecedented dryness across the western United States is meeting with increasingly warm temperatures to create climate conditions so extreme that the landscape of California could permanently or profoundly change, uh, according to a growing number of scientists. I believe This it. is going to be permanent now. The Golden State's great drying, as they call it, has already begun to reduce snowpack, worsen wildfires, and dry out soils. And researchers say the trend will likely, likely continue, along with the widespread loss of trees and other significant shifts. This is all from the Los Angeles Times. They did a big spread on the story. Some scientists say what's in store for the state could be akin to the conditions that drove people thousands of years ago to abandon thriving Native American cities in the Southwest and other arid parts of the world as severe drought contributed to crop failures and the crumbling of social norms. I like to think uh, Egypt, Central Africa. Well, I was thinking of the Tigris and Euphrates, yeah. where, where Iraq, or Iran, Iraq uh, yeah. actually is. That too. Yeah, that, that they used to call the, the Crescent Valley was considered the fertile, the most fertile place on, yeah. in civilization at one time. And they, they overmanaged, they overfarmed. They did this was a lot of this was human induced yeah. what they did to that part of the world but unlike those civilizations California's current transformation is being accelerated by carbon emissions and human caused climate change which is creating not only longer and more severe droughts but also hotter ones it's a process known as aridification and it looks like it's here to stay I think you're right now, let's shift gears here. From Vox, the Supreme Court ruled for the major coal-producing states and sharply limited the Biden's administration's authority to restrict the carbon pollution that is causing global warming. The right-wing hillbilly fools on the court, that's Sam Alito, Clarence Thomas, John Roberts, and Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, Neil Gorsuch. Amy Coney, yeah. Bryant Barrett, yeah. agreed with lawyers for West Virginia and said Congress did not give environmental regulators broad authority to reshape the system for producing electric power by switching from coal to natural gas, wind turbines, and solar energy. Now, the liberal justices, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, dissented. Of course they did. Today, the court strips the Environmental Protection Agency of the power Congress gave it to respond to the most pressing environmental challenge of our time, Kagan wrote. She said it was one of the most frightening things she's... Uh, absolutely right. She's r- absolutely Just correct. The, the whole idea that they're stripping away governmental power from the government That's right. right now. That's right. The ruling appears to allow for regulations focused narrowly on controlling pollution from smokestacks, but blocks broader rules that would set state-by-state targets for pollution and force a shift to other ways of producing electricity. Harvard Law Professor Richard Lazarus, an environmental law expert, called it a major setback for EPA's ability to address climate change, and it could hardly come at a worse time. There's two things about this ruling. First of all, Congress should be the one on a national level, on a federal level, to be able to mitigate and control the environmental issues that are facing the country because pollution, climate change knows no state boundaries. Whatever they're trying to affect in a positive way has to do with something that's beyond the borders of a particular state. So they, that by, by that just alone, they need to be the agency involved in doing this. And 
the second well, we're talking th- about the EPA here. The EPA, their, their, their yeah. power is being stripped, and the way Congress is run these days, right. it's just a stalemate. Right. And and I heard something from <clears throat> the other thing about this is, I believe what we're seeing the outlines of is essentially stripping away federalism. And this goes back to the Civil War. If you want to, if you technically want to believe that the South was concerned about states' rights, and one of the reasons why they seceded was they wanted to be able to control their own borders and do anything they wanted, including enslaving people. What the what the Supreme Court seems to be doing is essentially um, supporting that idea that mm-hmm. that states have supremacy over or the fed, federal government. And I think what we're seeing now is is something that is. Terribly disturbing for the future of America on that level. And one last thing. The court has stepped into kind of a power void right now. Congress is ineffective. The presidency has been neutered in terms of being able to affect these things. And the courts are now dictating law. When the, when, when the Republicans and the right-wingers were talking about activist judges. Well, they're not dictating law. Well, actually. They've taken away laws. They haven't given. They haven't. Okay. I mean, what would be the law? The law would be don't follow any laws. Okay, you're right. Let me just say it a different way. They are dismantling the ability of the federal government to affect the the country in a way that it should be doing. doing Steve Bannon's work. They are doing the the destruction of the administrative state. That's what they're doing. This is all part of a checklist of right-wing agenda items. Going back to the Lewis Powell memo, in case people care about it, they should look it up. This is what this is. They don't. They care about abortion. They care about these cultural issues. But what they really care about is corporate power unimpeded. From Digital Journal, the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision not only made crossing state lines a big issue in seeking an abortion, but Americans are also looking at the bigger picture: moving to Canada. Google searches for how to move to Canada from U.S. surge following the U.S. Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade, according to Google, Google Trends. How to move to Canada from U.S. spiked 850% in the hour after the Supreme Court decision was announced. And how to become a Canadian citizen spiked 550% in the same time. As for Canada, when a leaked draft of the Supreme Court's decision on Roe v. Wade was leaked last month, Justin Trudeau, their prime minister, took to Twitter to reaffirm his support for women's reproductive rights and pronounced the ruling horrific. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI-FM. From NPR, Russia says it evacuated its soldiers stationed on Snake Island, the Ukrainian outpost in the Black Sea that had been invaded by Russia in late February, Snake Island is a strategic outpost on the southern coast of Ukraine that has taken on heroic proportions in Ukraine's fight against Russia after Ukrainian soldiers there refused to surrender the island in a February battle. The Russian retreat from Snake Island is a strategic win for Ukraine and a boost for morale as resources sources run low in the east where Russia is trying to take more territory. 
Ukrainian control over Snake Island gives Ukraine's armed forces a chance to disrupt Russian shipping lanes in the Black Sea and weaken Russians' hold on the southern Ukrainian land. Russia was saying, oh, we just meant to do that. Yeah. We just went for the heck of it. The island was originally occupied by Russia in late February in a battle that became internationally known when uh, Ukrainian soldiers refused to surrender despite calls from the Russian warship to put down their arms. Russian warship, go F yourself. Yeah. The Ukrainians replied. You know, this is sort of faded from our from our view, the the war in Ukraine. Uh-huh. And I have a sense, and this was said a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that this war is now entering the phase where it's just going to be a long, protracted war. And I don't know if that's... I, I hope it's good for the Ukrainians. I don't know exactly where we are. I don't know how... If, if I know we're trying to send them arms. I know we the, the challenge is to get them the arms under the circumstances. There's a lot going on, and it, but I'm, I'm a little concerned that this has become just kind of background noise because it feels like it's still a very, very important part of the world and, and the world moving forward, how this thing goes, how this turns out. That's it. From The Guardian, a team searching the basement of a Mississippi courthouse for evidence about the lynching of black teenager Emmett Till found an unserved warrant charging a white woman in his 1955 kidnapping and relatives of the victim who initiated the basement search want authorities to finally arrest her 70 years later. This is the woman who claimed that Emmett whistled at her or made some kind of overt... No. No. It was an unserved warrant to the uh, woman by the name of Carolyn Bryant Donham, identified as Mrs. Roy Bryant on the document... It was discovered last week inside a file folder that had been put inside the box. The search was started by the Emmett Till Legacy Foundation and included, included two members of Till's family, cousin Deborah Watts, head of the foundation, and her daughter, Terry Watts. They want authorities to use the warrant to arrest Donham, who at the time of the slaying was married to one of the two white men tried and acquitted just weeks after Till was abducted. From a relative's home killed and dumped into a river. Serve it and charge her, Terry Watts said. Donham set off the case in uh, August of 1955. This is what she did okay. by accusing the 14 year old Till of making improper advances at a family store in Money, Mississippi. Now she saw a cousin of Till who was there said Till whistled at the woman. Okay which flew in the face of Mississippi's racist social codes of the era. Evidence indicates a woman, possibly Donham, identified Till to the man who later killed him. So she watched it go on, okay. identified it to her, uh, her, her brother. Her racist, murdering family. brother. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. From BBC News, a prime beachfront resort. This is going to lift things up a little bit, I hope. A a prime beachfront resort seized from its black owners nearly 100 years ago was returned to their descendants by officials in Los Angeles. Bruce's Beach was purchased in 1912 to create a beach resort for black people at the time of racial segregation in Southern California. Willa and Charles Bruce 
brought, bought the land, two lots of land for $1,200 in 1912. The beach is now worth an estimated $20 million. Over the next decade, Bruce's Beach became a citadel for, American, for African Americans coming there for a leisure and all over, from all over Southern California. But the local police department put up signs limiting parking, parking to 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's enough to maybe unpack. Yeah. And another local landowner put up no trespassing signs, forcing people to walk a half a mile to reach the water. Oh, my God. When those measures failed to deter visitors, the local authorities seized the land under eminent domain laws. This is a day we weren't sure would ever come, Anthony Bruce, a great-great-grandson of Willa and Charles said, calling it bittersweet. Destroyed them financially. It destroyed their chance at the American dream. I wish they could see what has happened today, he said about Willa and Charles. We hope this opens people's eyes to a part of American history that isn't talked about enough, and we think it's a step toward trying to right the wrongs of the past. Nathan, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. May I? I'm asking your permission. And that is, those last two stories that you just so beautifully rendered for our audience. I rendered them. Yes. Would you be, if you were a grammar school teacher in... 30 states in this country and you well, were to take a lot of work. Well, it, in any, I, I, in be, any one I'd of be those, in my car all the time, in any one oh, of those okay. 30 states, would you be in violation of their regulation regarding making white people uncomfortable and, and an advocate for the critical race theory? I'm asking your opinion. I don't think that's kind of a loaded, lot of answers to the question. I think I would make people uncomfortable, period. <laughs> That's true. I wouldn't teach critical race theory because in grammar school, nobody teaches critical race theory. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, okay. it's, it's, that's not what it's about. Maybe high school. Okay, right. And would I teach critical? Yeah, high school. Would, yeah, high school is a good time to, to point out that uh, discrimination or bad practices of people in general can become systemic and that... You just don't get rid of the bad people sometimes. You have to change the laws so that the system can respond properly okay. to circumstances that, that have hurt other people in the past and continue to hurt people because yeah. they've been okay. uh, built into the system. Yes. Is that what you were looking for? Yeah, I, well, I was, that's an answer. That Yeah, I, I think what you said. Uh, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Nobody really teaches no. critical race theory and. In any uh, well, they, there's now school. laws against it in Florida and. and well, those and, people have rocks in their head. Well, no, I'm just yeah, saying. Come on, they've, they, they've they, made they, this they boogeyman out of this idea, yeah, we know that. and then yeah. and then said, "Well, I think." But I, I guess my point is, those two stories, in my opinion, would meet the criteria for something to not be taught in school yeah. because it would make white people uncomfortable, and that's what they use as the criteria. You're making our kids feel bad. Well, that's what happened. That's Talk called about history. Snowflakes that's not critical race theory. Yeah. That's just history yeah, there. Okay. Critical race theory is then saying, well, Systemic you know, racism the, the, exists. the redlining laws in Los Angeles yes. created the circumstance that created Manhattan Beach that allowed these jackasses to shut the beach down to people. Yes. African-Americans who just wanted to have a beach to go yeah. to. Okay. Thank you. From the Washington Post. 
The Department of Veterans Affairs recently began offering psychedelic substances to patients huh? as part of a clinical trial, a major step in the quest to determine the therapeutic potential of illegal drugs the federal government has long deemed dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's true, even though it sounds crazy to read it. Therapeutic potential of illegal drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> That's right, well, as you said at the beginning of the program, you're talking to the marijuana extractor of the year. The only thing bad about illegal drugs yeah. is they're illegal. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of crap drugs out there, but we're yeah. talking about some that can be very beneficial. At least five trials are underway or being planned by a handful of government clinicians. Uh, who see potential in using psychedelic experiences combined with psychotherapy to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, substance abuse, and other conditions endemic among veterans in recent wars. And just people who need help. Yeah. The theory of, uh, at the heart of the research is that compounds such as MDMA, ecstasy, and psilocybin mushrooms, when taken in a safe setting under the guidance of skilled therapists, can yield powerful insights and disrupt harmful patterns of thought and behavior. Just a safe setting with a good person. Absolutely. In the 1950s and 1960s, many scientists regarded psychedelics as a potentially revolutionary tool in the treatment of addiction and other psychiatric conditions. And they're finally putting it half a century later into some kind of practical application. From Vice, the a Japanese man in his 40s had stored a, a USB stick in his bag mm -hmm. when he went out for drinks at a local restaurant in uh, Magasaki City mm -hmm. last week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Put his little uh, flash, flash drive yeah. in his go. bag and went out drinking. After several hours of boozing, mm. the IT worker passed out on the street, and by the time he woke up, a bag the bag he was carrying containing the flash drive was gone. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, though the flash drive was encrypted, it contained the personal data of Amagasaki's 465,177 residents. Wow. A half, but a half million residents... Personal data was on that uh, flash drive, including the dates of, of birth, addresses, bank account numbers, and tax details. And what did Mr. Mr. Japanese man in his 40s? Yeah, what did he do? Was well, his he company, was... by Proji, was hired by the city government to find out who in the city was eligible for tax exemptions. Okay. That's why they had this information. Yeah. And they said, we deeply apologize to the citizens of Amagasaki, the city of Amagasaki, and all concerned for their inconvenience caused by the loss of important information entrusted to us. I guess that's what you got to say, but inconvenience? The company said in a statement that although the flash drive was found, the incident angered many Amagasaki residents. Oh, yeah. Uh, during the first day of when they, after they found out, the city was... Uh, City office had uh, 30,000 calls. They were enraged. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, they did find the flash drive eventually. Okay, good. But it hasn't been deterred, determined if somebody made a copy on it. Yeah. Well, what are the chances that somebody who, who stumbled across the bag, yeah. pulled the bag away, walked away with the flash drive, uh -huh. was of the, into, or the 
technical savvy to be able to even figure out how to de-encrypt it and then would also be the well, person just make a copy of it to start yeah, I guess you don't need to even but then would have the wherewithal it. to say I'm going to turn this into millions and millions of yen well if you're if I you guess. know who this guy is yeah maybe so and you see him passed out on the street yeah you know he works yeah. at a company does, is doing something does anybody in the world really think that your data whatever it is is actually protected that it actually is unavailable to people who with enough savvy enough I, technical skill can get to it i, yeah, I don't i don't I believe don't that i don't believe it doesn't even matter anymore i don't think it matters anymore <laughs> i really don't we, we i just think you have to hope that you're not hacked i don't think it's a matter of if you can protect yourself anymore Who's that relative of yours in Rifle, Colorado, that yes, old guy? Yes, and He just died recently. Yeah, my uncle died last, yeah. uh, about two years he was ago. He 100, right? Uh, a year and a half ago, 100. Yeah, 100 years old. Do you miss the sound of his voice? Uh, oh, wow. This is a loaded question. I, no, no. I miss. Yes or no? No. 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 <laughs> well, good. Uh, from NPR, Amazon unveiled a new feature in the works for its virtual assistant's assistant Alexa that can read aloud in a deceased family member's voice based on a short recording of the person. Oh it's only a need about a minute sample, mm. and then they can put together this, uh, this thing. They can say, Alexa, can Grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? And then, and then Alexa will do that. Well, that but yeah. could be kind of cool. Creepy, but cool. Maybe. Why doesn't just the mom or dad do it, you know? it's Yeah, it's a little creepy, but... Anyway, they were going on about it. In fact, uh, the uh, Ronit Prasad, the senior vice president and head of Alexa, said, we are unquestionably living in the golden age of AI where our dreams in science fiction are becoming reality. Oh. Well, maybe, but maybe our nightmares, too. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft recently announced it was restricting the use of software that mimics a person's voice saying the feature could be weaponized by those trying to impersonate speakers as an act of deception. So Baro Kumhampati, a professor of computer science at Arizona State University, said he hopes Amazon showing off a demo of the voice replicating uh, tool makes the public vigilant to, to the use of synthetic voices in everyday life. As creepy as it might sound, it's a good reminder that we can't trust our own ears in this day and age. Sooner we get uh, used to this concept, which is still strange to us right now, the better we will be. You know, it's an interesting idea. So I could get like a celebrity to be reading, like Marilyn Monroe could be reading Naked Lunch to me. Would that, that something that... This is where your brain goes right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Naked Lunch would be a, the title would be good, but after that. I know, but still you, the idea. Yeah, I don't I know if I want Marilyn Monroe reading to me about junkies. Maybe. I think I'd rather have William Burroughs. Well, in one of the few cases yes. where I'd rather have William Burroughs yeah, that's than Marilyn Monroe. That's true. I think I'd William Burroughs had such an amazing voice, presence, whatever, yeah. the way he, yeah, yeah. Okay. From The Guardian. Early on Wednesday morning, someone at a pop soft rock station in Vancouver, Canada, began playing the song Killing in the Name of Rage, Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. Mm -hmm. Killing in the Name. Mm -hmm. And then they played it again mm -hmm. and again and again and again. And by midday, the song had been played hundreds of times on this radio station. I wouldn't even say their name because I think it was just a promo. Mm -hmm. But as it turned out... It's a gimmick. It was a gimmick. Uh, the uh, Guardian called up the station, and uh, this guy named Apollo, 
He called himself Apollo. Uh, he answered the phone. And they said, what's going on? He said, I'm not allowed to say. I'm just a guy in a booth just letting the rage play over and over. What do you think? Do you like it? Apollo said the song was already on when he arrived at work, but couldn't say exactly when it began. I don't know. I should probably, if you're, really, if you're writing a story and my boss reads it, I'm going to get in trouble, said Apollo. And the reporter answered, well, I mean, I think you might already be in trouble anyway, if that's what you're doing there. <laughs> Good point, said Apollo. And finally. Well, wait, now let me ask you a question yeah. then, Nathan. If you were a DJ here at KUCI or some other spinning, radio, spinning some, some, some discs, some, some stacks, hot tracks, some stacks of wax, some mounds of sound, uh, would you have? Would you take on as your moniker uh, a uh, a Greek god, uh, Apollo? A, yeah, like Zeus or probably not. Yeah, I just wondered if you. you it's a little be, bit overblown. You want to be. Yeah. You know, Diana, the goddess of love, or, you know, one of those. I could go with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. All right. Yeah. Actually, that's my dead name. <laughs> but I'm bringing it back to life right now. <laughs> Anybody who wants to call me. Oh. And finally, from United Press International, officials at a Delaware mall said they were blown away when they were remodeling. Uh, they tore down a wall at the shopping center only to find something unexpected. A completely intact Burger King restaurant with vintage decor. Oh, you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.